Please be seated. When it comes to understanding the meaning of Christmas, one can do do no better than to consult those respected theologians and church authorities, the kids in the Christmas pageant. Hardly a year goes by when I don't get some insight by watching them reenact the events of Jesus' birth. In the parish that I served in Los Angeles before I became bishop, the annual Christmas pageant was a much-anticipated event since we operated a parish day school, also a Sunday school. So there were always plenty of kids to be in the production and even more parents who crammed into the church to see the play. As they have done for the past 40 years, the kindergarten class dresses up and reenacts the nativity story, while the older grades read the narrative and supply the music. First, Mary and Joseph arrive carrying a Betsy Wetsy doll wrapped up in a blanket, and then come the shepherds wearing an assortment of bathrobes carrying stuffed animals. Finally, the heavenly chorus of angels process in from the back, dressed in white sheets, aluminum foil wings, tinsel crowns, and carrying gilded stars on the end of a stick, just like this one. One year, I couldn't help but notice the little boy who was the first angel to come into the church. At first, his attention was drawn to the tableau of Mary and Joseph up on the stage surrounded by all the shepherds. He continued to gaze upwards towards the stained glass windows and the candlelit ceiling, his mouth getting bigger and bigger. But after a few minutes, his attention began to wane. He first decided that his star on a stick would make a dandy sword. And since he was just across the aisle from another angel with a stick, he decided to challenge him to a duel on guard. And when the uh, teacher frantically gestured him to stop, he then decided that his star could double as a pretty good back-scratcher to reach those hard-to-reach itchy spots underneath his costume. Last but not least, his eyes caught sight of his parents, and instantly his star became a semaphore flag to wave to them at the back of the church. Now, I am sure that before the pageant began, this little boy's parents and teachers had told him, Now, be an angel. In short, to behave himself, to stand perfectly still, and to keep his star pointed in the right direction at all times. But in the excitement of Christmas and his role in it, that was just too much for this little angel. The star just kept getting away from him. I think that our experience of this holiday is not all that different from that little boy's. We start out with the best of intentions. 
This is the year we're not going to get distracted, we say to ourselves. We're going to keep our attention focused on the meaning of Christmas and not get sucked into the feeding frenzy of mall shopping or the ever-spiraling cycle of anxiety and depression that comes from unrealized expectations about the holidays. We start our Christmas like the little angel, gazing upward in awe. But after a while, things change. First comes our desire to always be in control. We want to conduct the events of the holidays so that they follow our timetable. Packages mailed by December the 10th, cards addressed and stamped, turkey purchased by such and such a date. We aspire to be as organized as Martha Stewart. How we love to orchestrate the events the way we want. And before we know it, we get crabby and cross. Come on, come on, we mutter under our breath to the people in the line in front of us. What do you mean you're out of lightsabers already, we yell to the salesperson. You call this a present, we think to ourselves as we smile sweetly at our relatives. Quickly, our Christmas stars get turned into swords. And more often than not, we're left scratching our heads. Is this the holiday we really wanted? It was supposed to be fun. How come we're exhausted? What does the whole thing mean anyway? And what about our loved ones? Are we supposed to get together with them and have a good time with them? Maybe we need to be reminded that we have only one role to play in this greater Christmas pageant that we are drawn to this night, and that is to be an angel. In other words, simply to worship. That's not always easy to do, as our kindergarten angel learned the hard way. How quickly we can go from gazing upwards in love and awe to poking our neighbors or scratching our itches. But tonight, all that is required of us is to worship. There are plenty of other times in church when we can listen to Jesus' words to us or when we can be reminded of God's goodness or when we can hear instructions that will help us live our lives. But for tonight, it's enough simply to hold high our stars, to be part of the heavenly chorus, to be an angel. But I'm no angel, you may be thinking to yourself. I'm not even really sure why I'm here, you may be wondering. Some of you are here because you you are believers. Some of you are here because you would like to believe again. And some of you are here because, frankly, you didn't want to ruin the party. Your folks or your partner or your friend would have been disappointed if you hadn't come along for the ride tonight. And why not? The music's pretty decent. But then remember the message of the angels in the skies over Bethlehem. For behold, I bring you good news of a great joy for all the people. All the people. 
to you, all of you, believers, disbelievers, unbelievers alike, to you is born this night a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The message is one of great joy. Even this year, when the forces of darkness have seemed especially powerful, when terrorism threatens close to home, when refugees risk their lives and the lives of their children in leaky boats to find safety, when our civil and political discourse seems to have sunk to a new low as we struggle to solve our country's seemingly seemingly insurmountable problems. But it was exactly into such a dark and conflicted world that Jesus came 2,000 years ago. His coming was a joy to the world then, and it is a joy to the world now. Towards the end of that Christmas pageant in my old parish, the angels always join with the shepherds and the wise men in singing Silent Night. As the children sing, the lights of the church get lower and lower. As the second verse begins, the angels together raise high their stars up over the manger. Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight. All it takes to be an angel is a willingness to share in that joy. To hold high your star, that part of yourself which is your deepest and most loving and most worshipful, that part you may call your spirit or your soul, that is all that God asks of us tonight. God cares not one whit about our piety, our moral qualifications, our motives for being here, what we look like or how we are dressed. The only thing that is important is that as we gather in the darkness, if only for a few moments, we hold high our stars over the babe born in Bethlehem, and we add our voices to the choirs of angels as we sing in exultation. Come. Let us adore him.